All my friends, all my friends, all my friends with Justin Flaskerud. All my friends, all my friends, all my friends with Justin Flaskerud. Are you listening to CBJRadio.com yet? The 2021 International Singer-Songwriters Association Station of the Year. It's a free internet radio station. Brand new shows every day. Shows range from country shows to hip-hop shows to all rock shows to all independent artist shows to a Friday night request show. Oh yeah, and don't forget about Retro Saturday Nights. Make CBJRadio.com the only internet radio station you listen to hello friends how are you doing i don't know where you live but here in laramie the weather is changing leaves are starting to fall off the trees it gets darker earlier and we're seeing night temperatures in the 30s sometimes 20s and well folks sorry if this triggers any of you i will never ever get into pumpkin spice anything Ugh, i do like pumpkin seeds but beyond that that's it for me and pumpkin spice eh, not into it i really don't like going from shorts to pants and wearing a jacket maybe even a beanie but i do love football season and all that change represents football season and well folks i would probably live a healthier, happier life if I wasn't such a fan of the sport. I have season tickets to the Wyoming Cowboy football teams, so I'm a big fan. I've been an Oregon Ducks fan since I can remember, so I follow them and the Cowboys each and every Saturday. And And I just get emotionally involved in it, and uh, sometimes they win, sometimes they lose, and they affect me both ways. I've also loved the 49ers. I have eight jerseys and lots of gears. I play in fantasy football leagues. My weekends are just full of football during the fall. I get so stressed out during games though and and losing seasons. Uh, You know, the Cowboys have turned around but I've also seen a lot of losing seasons by them. Uh, I grew up a 49er fan, and they were winners in the beginning. But there have been some ugly, ugly seasons out there, and they twist me up. It's not good because I don't have any control over these games at all. Huh. Are you like me? Do you know someone like me? Please don't judge us for being super fans, and we all do our best not to judge you for not being a super fan. All right, folks, today's guest is Bevy Harden, a friend I made in 2021, a new friend, there you go. So I really didn't know that much about Bevy, but I learned so much about her during the interview. So let's get to it. Baker, Montana, actually, um, born, raised in Gillette, Wyoming, mostly. Do you, how long did you live in Baker? Uh, only like toddler. Toddler. Yeah. Yeah. Always went back, you know, normally just to see family and things, but yeah. Are your parents native Montanians? Is that what they call them? Yeah. Okay. They are? 
So did they yeah. meet Baker? I don't know. I don't know anything about Baker. Did he meet there? Uh, is it a small town? Uh, very tiny town. Uh, you blink and miss that kind of thing. I think it's grown a little bit, but very rural. A lot of yeah. ranches and farms, and um, but very small. So outside of like Mile City area, right. if anyone knows where that is. But um, so they grew up farming, and then they were like met a school dance or something How, how'd they meet how'd your parents meet my parent my um real dad and my mom actually oh, okay. met there. yes growing up together knew each other in school knew each other through just uh friends life everything but oh, yeah, yeah growing up yeah ranching and things um mom was uh i, I don't know our uh, grandpa was a pig farmer oh pig farmer gotcha yeah yeah gotcha um so are 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 you the only one or do you have siblings i have siblings i'm the youngest of three i have an older sister and an older brother older sister and brother but you are the baby of the bunch what are the age differences oh my oldest brother is five years older than me and my or my brother is yeah the oldest and my sister is uh three years older than me gotcha i am the only boy with three sisters. Um, oh my god! Yeah, one's a stepsister, and then two regular ones. Um, but my age differences are so spread out. My older sister and I six years. My younger sister and I, who's actually a daughter of my stepdad and mom, she's eleven years younger than me. My stepsister's about four years older than me. Um, and being the only boy, I had like my own childhood basically, and. Uh, it, but yet I lived in the shadow of my older sibling, my older sister, Rochelle. Um, she was quite good at everything. We grew, I grew up in Oregon. I'm not originally a Laramie kid. Um, I'm from a suburb of Portland, Oregon. And going through school there, um, definitely she blazed the trail and set all the greatness. And everybody would be like, oh, you're Rochelle's little brother. And that just loved me. <laughs> that happened to you yeah oh yeah always but mine was always like oh you're oh god he was trouble you know it was always yeah. oh, so much trouble well at least there's a low bar there mine was yeah ridiculously high like <laughs> and well and my older sister she got the nickname uh rude before i did um because of our last name she had a, a track coach that shortened down flask rude to rude. And then I came along and he's like, Oh, you're rude's little brother. You'll be rude now. And so she's always like, I'm the original rude. And I'm like, well, I made it famous. I, I made it famous, got a tattoo, got a uh, radio show, DJ rude, lots of people know that and stuff. So I'm like, I made it famous. And, uh, but yeah, I lived in her shadow till we moved to Laramie, Wyoming. And uh, it was, it was good to be out of that shadow because I did all the stuff a middle child would do. Like, look at me, look at me. I'm a still a peacemaker between the siblings. Um, and uh, we always blame the baby for everything. Young, so the bunch, she gets away with everything. Did you get away with everything? Because you're older sibling. You know, it's actually, because I, it was just us girls and then a brother yeah. being the oldest, he actually definitely acted more like the baby. Um, my parents would agree that even to this day you would look at the dynamic and be like yeah we have the i have the sister who has the typical middle child syndrome type oh yeah 
doctor, you know, and she's always the fixer or, yep. you know, something needs that. And he is needy. And for an oldest, he's needy. And me, I'm like, I always just kind of paved my own way. I think I just was very different from the other two, for sure. Um, yeah, my older sister be- turns into like the second mom. Well, I have a stepmom. So like the third mom. Uh, when we're around each other a lot of time and she's a great mom to her kids, but there's sometimes I'm like, I'm not your kid. I'm your brother. Yeah. (laughs) She was there and, and has a huge influence on my life when I was growing up. I mean, everybody was like, you're the best siblings. And we were growing up just our six years apart, but behind the scenes, she's kicking my ass. Like (laughs) she's a rough, and, but yeah, we were good. And then I, about 12 years old, I, uh, you know, started growing up. I got to the age where she'd push, try to push me down and it wasn't working anymore. And, uh, after that she went off to college. Um, I remember she tried to push me down when I was like 18 strongest in my life ever. And it was like right before a wedding and she tried to push me down and I picked her up both my right hand and left-handed and like almost nearly choke slammed her on the ground. Not hard. And I got over the top of her and I was like, payback's a bitch. And she had the fear in her eyes and I just let her up. I was like, I'm not going to do that. That's not cool. And, uh, but she knew then that there would be no more physical intimidation. No more messing around. Yeah. Yeah, She would would sit on top of me and like poke the chest, but she'd laugh so hard. She drool. Like, I know she drooled in my face a few times. Yeah. Yeah. My brother held me down and did the whole like loogie. Oh yeah sucked it back in and every once in a while I would accidentally drop one all yeah. right on your face you know oh yeah, oh, yeah. and they and thought it was even funnier yeah. then so then oh. North State came with that yeah oh, yeah the oh, torture yeah. Uh, yeah yeah it was and so um as kids were you guys like I mean there's not that big of an age difference were you guys all three hanging out together or were you into more different things than your older siblings you know, how are you entertained? Because I was around my sisters, but when I had my time, I had my time. Yeah, I think, you know, we were really close. We spent a lot of time together compared to, I think, other siblings. Okay. Um, part of it was for a long time and until I was seven, um, my mom, well, I was probably about six and my, my mom was a single mom and she was a coal miner. Um. She would work shift work and so it was always like the random times that she had uh, night shifts and stuff uh we had babysitters so it was always us standing together against the babysitters <laughs> <laughs> which i would have to say i to this day could apologize to a few people that i don't know who they are now but because <laughs> there was some awful things that happened um you know just as kids and jokes and things but yeah there was a lot of a lot of bonding between us, a lot of fighting too, of yeah, course. Yeah. yeah, but I think we were pretty close. Uh, compared uh, to. Do they still live in the region? Yeah, yeah. My my brothers over just in Sheridan. Okay. Um, still in Gillette. My sisters in Gillette. So yeah, we still are able to get together. You know, during holidays and you know, see the kids, all their kids, and so it's good. My parents, I I blame them for leaving the nest when they were uh, you know, in their 20s. Um, they met in college, but my dad had already gone to Vietnam. My mom had already been in a marriage and had a, my older sister, and then my dad adopted her. And But they broke out, and all their relatives stayed close, and they moved to Oregon from Washington. 
And then my mom and dad got divorced when I was about six. And then my stepdad got a job at the University of Wyoming. We moved to Wyoming, but we couldn't break out fast enough. Like my older sister moved to Florida, my younger sister to Florida one time, me to New York for a little bit. Uh, now oh, one sister's in Vegas and one sister's in Texas. Uh, my parents live in Vegas. Her parents live in Vegas. So she's there. But I was like, they raised a bunch of explorers and now we rarely ever see each other. Like, it, I mean, <laughs> do this kind of stuff. We were in Vegas a few weeks ago for my stepdad's 80th, those type of things. But it's not like, oh, they're just a town over. Let's go visit. Yeah, it's not yeah. like a two hour drive or yeah. a quick, you know, vacation together, meeting yeah. halfway. That's hard. That's yeah. hard to do. So I, I, I definitely felt like I've grown apart from my sisters, even though in this world of mass communication, we can text, we can Facebook and stuff. But still the time, I mean, prior to all that, hanging out with them, um, you know, but yet I was like, hey, I got tortured a little bit by my older sister and my younger sister being 11 years younger. I mean, not a lot of like commonality until later in life. I was like another parent for a built in babysitter. And so uh I was like, I don't want to do that anymore. I just want to be a brother. Wow. And so, yeah. yeah. There's a difference. Well, and I was going to say too, like even the, just this kind of communication, it's not the same. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's not the same as spending that actual time together. And yeah. I think, I mean, that's, that's part of what's kind of missing, especially right now with everything going on is that yeah. actual physical contact and that physical being together and stuff. So, I mean, I, I do feel fortunate that we stayed so close. Yeah. Um, even and you can live in the same town and still not see each other as well. So there's also yeah. that of the effort and everyone's busy and yeah. So, but yeah, that's and so we, growing up, were you academically inclined? Were you into sports? Um, you-, you know, I I was actually pretty smart. Good, good. <laughs> <Not> smart. <laughs> no, yeah. but I, I was actually uh, more interested in like I liked uh, band and. Uh, drama and I was in plays and things all the oh, way through like elementary and junior high. Um, I did try doing, I'm very uncoordinated. So I tried basketball. I tried and I was pretty good until you hit kind of junior high where, where you realize like, no, you're not very good. <laughs> better, you know, so there's a difference there, but uh, you know, other sports, I just, I, I really wasn't that athletic. I wasn't coordinated enough. Um, you know, I was active. I like to go. I was always outside doing yeah. something. But um, no, I I try. I did a lot of that kind of stuff. High school, I kind of faltered more into the party crowd. Uh, uh, so that's you know, you can all say I didn't try as hard as I should have, I guess. But um, yeah, but I had a good time. So well, yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. I was, well, my older sister was academically inclined, so I didn't want to be that. Um, I didn't know any better at the time. Uh, I, I wish I would have applied myself more to my studies back in the day. Yeah. Um, but I was, I loved playing sports. I played soccer as a kid, wrestling, football, and ended up football and downhill ski racing were my senior uh, high school sports. Um, but yeah, academically, eh. I liked, I liked learning stuff and I was in like Boy Scouts and I read comics and stuff, but going to school, even though my dad and stepmom, uh, elementary school teachers, or they were, they're retired now. My stepdad was a college uh, professor, or, like, instructor. 
And so I was surrounded by academia, but I don't know. It wasn't my thing. And they didn't push me like overbearing parents could. They saw that I really enjoyed sports. They pushed me in, in that way. I remember my dad was like, what you yeah. wanted to do. Yeah. Like I was really good at soccer as a kid. So my dad was like, you should be like a field goal kicker and a punter. And I'd go visit him. And it, and he, it was funny because I'd be like, oh, I'm visiting my dad. I'm doing practice today. And it was kicking field goals and punts. Or we'd shoot baskets in the gym because he was a teacher. And looking back, yeah, great memories. But I was like, man, I wish we were doing other things besides drills. Like, I know I was yeah. a good athlete, but I was or a reasonable athlete. But I was just like, huh, looking back. I mean, yeah. but nobody gets an yeah. instruction book out of parents. So he knew what he knew. And wow. and I was into that. And uh, but, yeah, it was I. I got into skateboarding a little bit. Music was always uh, there in a way like uh, we only had like four TV stations growing up until I was like 10 or so. Cause they couldn't get cable down the road. I kind of live in a rural area in Oregon a little bit. The road was, but the neighborhood, like I live next to, cause I had like a forest, I had two acres of forest between me and like a cul-de-sac neighborhood, the quintessential, like, like part, you know, like cul-de-sac block and stuff. My friends lived there, but we had this mm-hmm. acre of forest behind our house. And then another one that was like called green lane where you couldn't build on it. So my imagination ran wild in there. So I couldn't, didn't have TV. So music, you'd wait for those songs come on the radio and you tape ma- massive amounts of like, Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. It's a lot of people like, how'd you get involved with music? And I was like, like everyone else did. Like you listen to the radio and you're like, that's my favorite song. Click. Oh, now they got a video for it on MTV, which I finally could watch eventually. And, uh, but yet out in Oregon, it rained. And so after a while, you're like, I'm tired of being inside. I'm going outside, whether it's rain or not, but you want to be outside a ton. And so I'm always like, I wish kids grew up in that scenario more than I'm just going to sit home and play technology these days. I wish every kid had a force behind their house to go crazy and let their imagination run wild. Did you have yeah. access to that? Did you have the streets and your friends? No, like- yeah, we always we always just lived in the neighborhood. Okay. But yeah. uh, growing up, I mean, um, so when I was seven, my, my mom remarried and my dad okay. adopted us. So okay. when that all went, you know, he grew up, uh, helped ranching as a kid and, and doing all this stuff. So he knew some ranches around the area. So every... Every year we had access to and would always go out to these branches to help do different things like docking with sheep or we go to branding for the cows or whatever and, and whatever else they had, you know. And so we, we were able to go do those things. So I still learned, you know, I really like riding horses and um, we would do all of that stuff. But it wasn't something that was just readily available, like right behind us. We always just lived in a neighborhood, normal, right in the middle of town. Um, my mom was kind of a gypsy. She had this weird thing about moving. So I lived in a different house. We move about every two years. Uh, I've lived in almost every single neighborhood that there at least was back then in this town that I live in. It's crazy. Uh, you know, the places we lived. But uh, still exciting, like a little yeah. adventure for me as a kid. I mean, it was never, we never needed for anything or anything, you know, and, and we mostly just, like I said, we spend our time outside anyway. There's a lot of parks in this town, and it's a smaller rural town anyway, you know. So there's yeah. space, which I enjoy. So, oh, yeah. 
Oh, well, when I lived in New York and I moved back, I remember driving back and looking out over like Nebraska plains and the mountains started rising. And I was like home, even though I absolutely hated moving to Laramie when I was a kid. Uh, I was about 13. Um, I was at the peak, you know, popularity was a thing. Um, mm-hmm. Seventh grade and leaving the suburb of a big city to live in the middle of nowhere. And I was not happy. And uh, it probably took me till about my senior year to be like, eh, it's not that bad. Cause everything kind of came together that year. And then I ended up in college here and I was like, oh, it's all right. But I knew I had to leave at some point. And I remember moving back from New York. I said, five years. I'm living in Laramie five years and I'm moving to the West Coast. That's where I belong. And it's 18 years later uh, <laughs> and it happened. And so uh, Laramie so far has been good to me. And I, I, but I know it took a lot of growing pains to actually be like, all right, this town, this is home. Okay. yeah, this is home. Yeah. And the wide open space, I, can, I always would explain it to the people in New York. I was like, it's so free and gives you peace of mind. I go out here, like, even though you see four seasons, the trees all grow up and then you have the big buildings and stuff when the trees are gone, you just feel like you're in a cave half the time. And I was like, it's space is good for the mind. And, it, and, and it's just, you'll say hi to somebody and they won't be like, Hey, what is your issue? Like that? I ran into that a lot in New York. And I was like, Oh, wow. Well, yeah. So weird in Wyoming, you walk down the street and you're like, Hey, what's up? Yeah. Like, yeah. 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 Well, and I've heard that too. Like, uh, well, even myself, because I moved up to Oregon for a little while. Okay. In my actually, like, I was twenty, turned twenty-one while I was up there, and uh, I even noticed the difference in just the feeling driving down the road there, the thickness of the forest there versus oh, yeah. here. You can't see very far where you drive through the forest here. It's completely different, right? Uh, so. Uh, it was claustrophobic almost. It was yeah. weird. You felt like closed in. You felt it just was very pressing. I don't know. It was kind of an interesting thing. And I had heard people talking about that before where like it's a vice versa. If people are so used to feeling the comfort of being kind of closed in and then all of a sudden you open up all this space and you can see for miles and stuff and it freaks them out. It's yeah. kind of a reverse. You know what I'm saying? Like, and I can't, I know, I wouldn't know. I've always been being in Lucy forever, you know? Yeah. yeah. Um, you mentioned, okay, you got in the party lifestyle in high school a little bit. Do, are you still, you mentioned being in plays and stuff like that. Did you do that in high school at all? Or was this? Um, not, um, you know, high school, no. High school, I got into choir. Choir. So I do like to sing. I'm not amazing at it or anything, but um, yeah, I really enjoyed the choir after that. Um, I moved, my parents moved me over to a small town just next to Gillette, right? And when, so I actually graduated high school from there. But uh, so when I moved there, I guess I kind of was out of my comfort zone to be able to do anything in drama. Mm. When I met some of the people that were super serious about the plays, I was like, you guys are a little too hardcore. Oh, yeah. So I I was like, oh, I'm going to try going into choir. And so high school, you know, you know, elementary from band and just a little bit of acting and things. I can pretend well, real well. I always tell everybody like I'm a really good bullshitter, but really it's just like I'm a decent actress, you know, like I can bullshit anybody into almost anything. <laughs> good to know. 
It's a pretty uh, good quality. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I got, I, I had kind of the acting bug, but yet it always played second fiddle to sports. So I, I definitely, I act, except one year, my eighth grade year and here in Laramie, I didn't go play basketball because I went out for the school play and I was the doctor in the Velveteen Rabbit. I think I like one or two lines, uh-huh. but I did like the makeup I made me look old for a kid. And, yeah. uh, but yeah, after that, it was like, I was part enough but yet if you were like oh you got to miss football practice i mean no no i'm not doing it and so i was like in drama in high school but not drama club and i did uh took some a drama class in college and uh went okay these are pros these are real good like these are these are i can't go far with this one i was like i'll be behind the camera directing you but i'm they're really good and they got really immersed in their roles and there was yeah. one time in the drama class where I, I, they thought I got immersed in my role. I was just forgetting a line. I was like, so in concentration. And I was like, and the, the uh, teacher was just like, oh my God, that dramatic pause was just perfect. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, of course. I did that. I meant yeah. to do that. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, uh, in my head, I'm like, oh, I finally got the line right. And uh <laughs> So, but it, yeah, it was, it was enjoyable. So anytime that goes, anybody that goes through that same, oops, I smacked my mic. Anytime somebody goes through the same kind of stuff. So I always have to ask questions. How far did you get with it? Um, if it was your thing, but yeah, when you run into the people that are super pros and you, and then you're like, ah, I'm good. Um, let's go party. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's kind of like, I, I'd rather watch you guys be that good and know you off yeah. the camera, you know, and uh, one of the kids even actually went on to be in like some films and stuff nothing popular of any kind or anything and he's um i've kind of followed some of his stuff oh, and, nice. uh, very interesting you know he's very cultured kind of kid guy he always was when he was yeah. very adult about everything and and but he was very dramatic all the time and he, you see that yeah so i go to this new school and make some friends and stuff and he was kind of in that group and i just remember being like you know, and he was, he's like, oh, do you like, you know, acting or blah, blah, Cause that was just so his thing. And I'm after seeing everything that they were doing, I'm like, yeah. no, not really my interest anymore. <laughs> so you went to write your senior year. Is that what you said? Uh, no, it was actually like uh, the last quarter of my eighth grade year. Oh, your eighth grade year. Okay. Awkward. Yeah. Cause I didn't know anyone and be in the last quarter and you don't have very much time to make friends before summer comes. Oh yeah. And I didn't just live in Wright. I lived uh, 30 miles out in the middle of nowhere on the other side of Wright from my Ooh. town. Wow. So I was even further away from all my friends in eighth grade and, oh. and uh, moved out to the middle of nowhere to a ranch that my dad had actually worked on this ranch when he was growing up. Oh. And the ranch owner needed help. And my dad is sick of he was an electrician for the coal mine. He didn't want to do that anymore. So he's like, let's, I'm going to go cowboy for a while. So we moved there just, and this was after like my siblings had already moved out. Oh, you know, yeah. My sister had just left for college and my brother was moved out. So it was just me. Um, so yeah, we moved out to a sheep ranch. Wow. That yeah. makes me want to party too. Like, <laughs> yeah. I, that's isolation. That yeah. right after yeah. right around time, in fact, age where popularity is a thing and being around people. Mm-hmm. And 
Now you're in the middle now. Yeah, you probably hate that place too. Like I hated Laramie. Like, yeah, it was. You don't understand it, but you do later on. You're like, oh yeah, I get it. Yeah, and now I appreciate that it's you know, of course, yeah. I have an appreciation for my own as an adult, but uh, you know, at the time, I wasn't even very angry about it. My parents were very lenient, so if I got uh. a job in town, huh. so I would even if like. Uh, it, on days that I had to work, once I got my driver's license, because I didn't have my driver's license right away when we moved out there. Yeah. Um, so once I got my driver's license, I would drive to school on the days that I could, uh, that I had to waitress that night. And I would stay at my brother's house because luckily he lived in Rice. Ah. The night there and um, the days that I didn't work, I'd ride the bus. And I was, I was the oldest kid on the short bus yeah. because it was, just, it was the country bus. Yeah. <laughs> so it was the short time. but uh it, of course that was always a running joke um but yeah. you know what that I met the best people there uh even now like my best friends are still the girls that I met going to school right. and write and that's just like amazing to me so I wouldn't trade it for the world I really wouldn't so that's yeah cool. I, it's crazy uh my best friends uh, they weren't my best friends in high school we went to high school together um, we knew of each other, we didn't, but we didn't hang out until college, like every day or best friends. And it was four of us and uh, three of us came to Laramie in the eighth grade. We're brand, we're brand new. And then the other guy, everybody's like, did you just go look at the new kids club and pick out your three favorite? <laughs> and so he's like, no, 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 no. He's like, that is funny. But it, it, it's interesting that our roads later on in college, but made us friends and been best friends for a long time. So, uh, but yeah, Laramie did that, but Laramie, we were, I mean, you guys are well, in Gile- Oh, you're in rights, but Gillette has had like two high schools basically, but I was like, yeah, graduating class of like 300. I still don't know classmates from my class. Like I recognize a face, but I was like, I don't, I didn't have one class with them. I don't, sorry. Like, yeah. <laughs> so right. What was your graduating class in right? Oh gosh, uh, I don't even remember. Um, I, I I wouldn't even. I think like I think there was barely over a hundred, and I think oh, ours, wow. I think ours. No, see, that might have been the class above us that was the largest class, and ours was slightly smaller. I don't even remember. See, so my senior year was kind of interesting because I. I, a lot of, most of my best friends are a year older than me in school. Age-wise, I was behind uh, getting into school, so I was always older than everybody. Oh, yeah. So I was saying, I'm the same age as them for the most part, but so when all of them were graduating, I was just like incredibly, I had so, so much anxiety about my last year of school. I was not excited about my senior year. The friends that I did have in school were leaving to go to, uh, alternative schools and things um, so I actually took college classes the summer before my senior year and I got credit so that I only had I actually only had to go to my first quarter of my senior year yes. and I graduated early so yeah. I went back and walked for graduation and everyone in my class for the most part you know they knew me and remembered me and stuff they were really nice to me senior year but it's like they weren't, it wasn't the same as the grade above me. Oh, yeah. So it was kind yeah. of an interesting graduation, I guess. 
for me. Well, yeah. Well, you wanted to get out and you did. And yeah. kind of went through the ceremony of it all. Yeah. It's like, I'm not going to drop out or anything. It's like, I, I, I got the credits. I got my diploma. I, you know, did the work and, and then I went straight in to college, you know. So. That was my next question. I was yeah. like, what was college always your, an idea? Oh, was it always a thing? Like my parents were like, yeah, you're going to college. I heard that for a long time. Like there was no real option around it. And so, and not everyone's choice is that. And I don't always, even though I work at a one, I'm like, it's not the place for everybody. So oh, I, I understand if not. people don't do it. Yeah. So was that always your choice, the decision? It was, it was. I always thought, um, I guess, you know, my parents, I think the last bit of my sophomore year, junior year, you know, into senior, I finally got kind of a little more serious. Um, so I got better grades and and I always wanted to go to college. I just never knew for what. I liked so many different things. So when I did go to college, like I took like psychology as, you know, I took uh, geology. I love yeah. geology. Oh. And uh, I did uh, speech and communication. I did some computer. I mean, I kind of was all over the place. I did some business because at first I, you know, uh, me and one of my friends had a plan. We wanted to, uh, uh, she actually went and got her pilot's license in Alaska. Oh, cool. Her her dad lives in Alaska. So she was going there anyway to visit him. And so she actually got involved and she ended up getting a pilot, whatever. Mm-hmm. Hey. Yeah, something. And we wanted to move there. And she was going to have, um, you know, the pilot's license was kind of a secondary thing. We were just going to open up a head shop. And that was our plan at the um, so we're in college and we're like, okay, and we can, or we're in high school. And we're like, oh, we're going to plan this. We're going to do this. What we're going to do. So I was like, oh, I go to business school and I'll learn more about accounting and different things. Well, she graduated a year before me and, uh, you know, it just never happened. <laughs> I mean, I, you know, and I never got a degree of any kind or, or nothing. I, I did like, uh, you know, two years worth of college all over the place um, and just could not, I just couldn't figure it out. So I thought, well, I'm not going to waste any more money. Um, and, and I did just, you know, did sign back in, sign back up. So where'd you go? Just here in Gillette at the college. Yeah. So nowhere else. I, and, you know, and that was the one thing is I wish I would have done is I think if I would have tried harder in, in high school and had an actual direction, um, and got some scholarships and gone somewhere else, it would have been a lot more serious. It would have been like, okay, I'm going to go to Laramie or wherever, yeah. even if I started out here and then left. But yeah, I just didn't have that motivation anymore, you know? Yeah. I, I mean, I thought I was going to play college football. Uh, I was reasonable in high school. So I got recruited. Uh, Black Hill State <laughs> recruited me, a couple of different small places. And, um, it was a sad dose of reality when I would walk in the door and they'd be like, I thought you were taller. And I'm like, uh, it's not <laughs> going to happen. I've been about the same height as I am right now. And I didn't feel a growth spurt coming. Um, and so that I watched my, my dreams kind of go away. Oh, I could walk on at UW. And then I watched them and how huge they were. And um, I was like, no. And luckily in time, I got enrolled at the University of Wyoming. It definitely wasn't the first choice. I knew I was going to college. 
and uh, had no clue what I wanted to do. And in high school, I was involved with DECA, which is marketing. And so I thought that or be a teacher, I like coaching. And my dad, who was a teacher, talked me out of being a teacher. And so I was like, okay. And my stepdad, and I, if he did this uh, with intention, intentions, he did it very well. My senior year of high school, I would go and work college football games. I would carry equipment for a camera crew that was shooting highlights for a coach's show we would do on Sundays. And on Sundays, I would go work the coach show and I'd roll tape, the highlight tape. My stepdad would pay me 50 bucks because my parents wouldn't let me work. And they were like, academics and athletics are good enough. No jobs besides summertime jobs. I could take those, but during the year. Mm -hmm. So I did that. And uh, so I'm around it all the time, carrying equipment, understanding stuff, not thinking that's what I'm going to do. So I get to college. My stepdad's like, hey, you should be an intern for me for the TV station, UW TV. You'll be a freshman intern. You'll just carry stuff. You'll just learn. It's easy credits. Just do it. And I was like, sure. That sounds good. Fine. Probably halfway through, I was like, sold. I'm in. Signed up for <laughs> broadcasting classes from there on out. Um, was successful at it because I had such a big jump in the in the beginning to get in on it when I was a freshman and I had him pushing me and if I did screwed up things it became a family issue my mom would get in my ear so <laughs> I was well motivated yeah. by uh my broadcasting classes the other classes uh probably kept me from graduating at the speed I probably should have uh so I had a lot of fun in college that's when I learned how to drink um, I did not do that in high school. I thought that was, uh, a sh whatever straight edge. I just didn't like the people that party. And I knew yeah. if I started going down that road, it would derail me from doing the athletic stuff I wanted to do. And so I was like, eh, not so much, but I figured that out in Australia is where I really learned how to drink. Even though I'd gotten drunk once before that we went to Australia right out of high school, um, to play an all-star football game. And uh, it wasn't, it was really, if you're from Wyoming, played high school football. And there were a few guys on my team that had played, but got kicked off. But they had $2,000 so they could go on this trip. We were not an all-star team. There are a few of us that were like on the Shrine Bowl later on that summer, but not everyone was in the same boat. We played against Utah and they didn't drink. They were 95% Mormon minus a couple of Simone guys that we would drink with. And but they were all going on to these huge colleges, and oh my god, they kicked the oh, crap yeah. out of us, kicked the, our asses. <laughs> Definitely in the first game, the second game we hung tough. We had a bench clearing brawl. Uh, Australia was a trip. I want to get back, but the flight over there is. I need some serious knockout medicine the next time I do it because you fly into the next day. You get so like, I yeah, yeah. I have to yeah, sleep. You would have to just yeah knock yeah. me out. I couldn't do that. And so I, was about then, to too. I mean, it was oh, amazing, yeah. but it is oh. amazing. And then I started growing out my hair and I was like, yeah, I'm done with football. And I, I remember I put on a helmet middle of the summer for shrine bowl and taking it off. I was like, that's the last time I ever put that thing on again. Oh my God. Like, and, and it was changed. It had to be, it was changing my personality, my life and stuff mm -hmm. because I was so well known for doing athletics and being a jock. And now I'm like, yeah. well, what now? So yeah, DJ eventually came into that boat. Uh, so, but yeah, college was fun. Um, a lot of fun. 
like a lot of fun. So, <laughs> and I lived in the same town as my parents. I didn't live with them. I always lived away from them, moved around a ton. I was yeah. a college kid. Well, they That's super helpful because the yeah. support being right there. Oh yeah. yeah. My mom worked on campus. So they're like, I, yeah. I would stop in her office and she probably hates I tell the story, but she, when I, once I got to the like drinking age or at least like 20, she'd be like, are you going to the party at this street? And I was like, now I am now I'm going to that party. Cause she had students that worked in her office and they had talked about parties. And I was like, oh yeah, we're going there tonight, you know, and stuff. Yeah. And she would know what she's like, you guys are having a party tonight. And I'm like, yeah, <laughs> like your address got thrown around a few times. I was like, cool. All right. Cause I lived with college football players at one point. And so we lived downtown Laramie. So you had no neighbors and like the businesses were all gone. So we could throw just ragers and the cops wouldn't show up. It was cool. Back yeah, in the good old days when you could do that and such. So you left college because you really just, there, you go, you were, your finger was no in everything. Yeah. Your yeah. Finger was in everything. Yeah. And so then what'd you do? Um, you know, I, Let's see. So I just kind of hung around town and worked. I, I've always worked yeah. multiple jobs. So even when I was going to school or yeah, when I was in college, I had two jobs. Um, I would like, I always really liked music a lot too. So I actually worked at a Hastings here in town oh, when there was one and I was in the music department. So I just loved, like, I, I just oh. liked it. I, everything about it. So we um, are and then I worked outdoors at the Camplex, which is the event center here. And I okay. just did, groundskeeping work on the weekends so I always just stayed really busy yeah. and when I was going to college that was the one time where I like stopped partying oh. I'd had enough like I I mean because toward the end of high school and stuff I mean I smoking cigarettes constantly you know everything that yeah. I picked up habits and things so stopped that even like I went like two years no cigarettes I quit drinking wow. pop it was crazy but I, what I did is I actually moved into the base my parents basement so I moved I had moved out when I was uh, right when I turned 18 and had an apartment with my friend and I was, you know, going to college still and, and then figuring that out. Well, that just didn't work out with me and my friends. So I moved back in with my parents because college was two blocks away. So I could work two jobs, walk to school pretty much almost all the time. And then, um, you know, free rent and stuff. And, uh, so I, I kind of, I settled it down a lot. Yeah. And, uh, so after all of that, I, I kind of, I thought, all right, I, I got to move out of mom and dad's house. So as soon as I stopped college, I thought, you know, I, I got to do this, do this differently. So I just, I kind of job hopped, but um, I always really liked, like I worked for a place called Sir Speedy as an engraver. So oh. that was really fun. It was just more hands-on. Like we did all kinds of stuff besides engraving, like building um, trophies and stuff. So it, it was oh, yeah, a fun yeah. job. Yeah, so I did that for a long time while I just um, kind of trying to still figure myself out. And then that was about the time like that I uh, left and went to Oregon. Whereabouts in Oregon? Uh, right outside of Eugene in Springfield. Oh, oh yeah. So, yeah, I liked it. I'm a Duck fan. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, and my, I had a friend that, we grew up in a neighborhood in Oregon and then he moved to Eugene. And so I got familiar with the area. So when he said spring, I was like, yeah, I know that place. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah. That's cool. Well, I mean, how long were you there for? Um, I was there for just over a year. 
um, oh. is all. Uh, I I had planned on like, oh, well, maybe I could figure it out and go to college, like get to be a resident and mm-hmm. and not. I I had a great time the first half, I guess, or more than half. My friend lived up there, so she got me a job, and I was a uh, barista at the airport restaurant. Oh, wow. And uh, which was actually a really good job there, except for yeah. I had to drive. So I was like, let's see, what would that be? Was it West Springfield or East Springfield? I had to drive all the way to West to no, yeah, whatever, all the way to the other side of Eugene to the airport. Oh, yeah, that's um, so quite a commute. But uh, you know, for there it was a good job, and I, I just found though that uh, I. I just ended up working all the time. That's all I did. I would work and then like go hike up to different waterfalls and like oh, work man. and go drive up and down the coast. So I did a lot of the touristy things. I went and seen like Crater Lake. And mm-hmm. I mean, we did all the stuff that people look at. Well, what, what do you want to do when you go to Oregon? It's, you know, it's tourists. And uh, I ended up having kind of a bad experience because I um, moved into an apartment. It was me and my boyfriend at the time. And we moved into an apartment with my friend that lived there. And um my car still had Wyoming plates, but my boyfriend's didn't. So I live in this apartment um pretty well downtown and I had these neighbors, they didn't like us from get-go. It was really bad. It just was stupid. So it was my 21st birthday and driving to go out of town uh tourist stuff, you know, my car breaks down. So we get it towed and of course you're broke, you know, and uh, get it towed. And he says, well, I can't figure out what this, what's going on. And I go into the auto shop. We took it to right there in Springfield, right down the street from where I work or live. And he says, I can't figure out what this is. And he shows me a handful and he goes, this is in your gas tank. And I look at it and I'm like, is that sugar? And he looks at me. He's like, I didn't even like, he didn't think of that. He was trying to figure out, so someone, it, someone had sugared my gas tank. Never in my life. It took it wow. every dime I had put there to borrow money from my parents to get it fixed. And I was done at that point. I just had had enough, I guess, bad experiences there. And I think part of it is, is just like for me, the after quitting drinking and uh-huh. everything else, you know, then you go up there and everyone else wants to go party and that's all they want to do. And I'm like, I don't want to do this anymore. I just don't, you know, it's like I'm yeah. past. You know, just for it being the driving factor, I guess, of everything. Yeah. You know? So I I left after that. I was like, as soon as my car was fixed, I packed it up. I, I actually gave my job two week notice. And uh, the best time of my, the, the best time I had there was I actually lived in my car. <laughs> I, went in, I camped every single night and I had a friend that I worked with and he let me shower at his place and I refused to go back to that apartment. Like I paid for my friend and she found another roommate and she was able to stay there. And, uh, and so, but that was the best time just camping by the river or the, yeah, the river every single day going to work. (laughs) (laughs) Bummed it for a while. It was pretty fun, but. I haven't had a car living experience, but I know people I have. They're like, it wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. And yep. so, all right. Especially, I mean, you, I mean, you you don't want more sugar in your gas tank, so you're definitely not going back to where it happened. That makes sense. Um, yeah. 
then when he started telling the story, I was like, someone sugared your gas tank. I was I like, know, I could just I feel know, the style. It's like, that's <laughs> shitty. Like, what a thought, right? Like, shitty. when my car broke down, it just like chug a lug, chug, chug. And then it's like, it was my birthday. Why did you do this on my birthday? <laughs> but it was, you know, it, like I said, you know, being single now is with the plates. I know it was. And who knows, you know, my my ex probably had something to do with it. Who knows? I'm yeah. sure they, were they hated him. Down. So they yeah. punched you. My car. They don't even wow. realize. You know how that so, goes. <laughs> so from Oregon, it's back to Gillette? Uh, no, actually, I moved to Billings, Montana after that. So didn't want to quite, didn't want to come back to Gillette, to be honest. It was, there was nothing left here for me, really, is what it had kind of come down to, in my opinion. Like, my parents were still here and stuff. and um, But I, yeah, I went to Billings for a while and actually was a casino runner. And I, I think I made more money as a casino runner than like I ever have in my entire life. Cool. Yeah. So it was a fun job. And I worked at a, the grand and it was a, like a karaoke casino bar. Okay. And so it was something like six days a week. They had karaoke, um, which like sounds as horrible as it. Yeah. Yeah. It there, there are people that are great at karaoke yeah. and, and they, and they come in and they're awesome. Uh, but for the most part that I've been around it, it's not so good. Uh, I had run it as a DJ a few nights or one night a week for a little while. And uh, I was probably more bitter about it because I had to carry more equipment and set up more stuff for people to just butcher songs for the two people that were going to be good all night. Like I could, I see mm-hmm. walk on the door and I'd be like, yes. They're, those are the good ones. Like, I don't want to yep. get my ears off. And I butchered a few songs that to the point where I was like, I don't need to do that anymore. Um, I save all singing for cars and showers and such. Um, yeah. And so uh, what's a, what's a casino runner? What do you, what did you do with that? Uh, so that's, you know, you, you're, you're managing the, the cash for any of the cash outs of the winning. Okay. So, and you're also serving drinks to just the casino side. Oh. So you're getting change for people to put in the machines. You're resetting machines if they're, you know, okay, whatever, like froze up. You're uh, cleaning, and then you're you're serving drinks and any food if they have it, which we had some, but not much. And then, um, you know, you get tipped out. So so someone wins a bunch of money. Of course, and Montana is different than Wyoming as far as what you winnings and different things. And, um, you if they win usually it's like if you're a good casino runner and you're right on top of it and you're right there like they tip you out really good like they're you know someone wins two thousand dollars they're going to turn around and tip you most of the time if they're a regular anyway pretty well yeah so yeah i i had a good time living there too it was um kind of you know more so that was the time where same thing i felt like i had moved from oregon working all the time and then I'm in Billings and now I don't even have like beautiful waterfalls to go to or beaches to drive. Now I'm just working. I worked seven days a, or I worked six days a week and a double on one of those days. So wow. it was like, I, and I was there about eight months and it was just, I just did nothing but work. I'd leave for the holidays sometimes to come see my parents or something in Gillette. And um, I was with the same person. So my ex, and as this, these stories go on, it tends to be the problem. <laughs> ah. 
Yeah. Yes. Gotcha. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So we, so yeah, I, um, about eight months there and same thing. One of my other girlfriends that I grew up with in Wright, she lived there. So it was kind oh. of a easy transition. I knew somebody, she introduced me to some friends. So I still had a good time and met a, like some really awesome people, you know, and, uh, even working where I was, it was such a lax job working at a bar, of course. So yeah. you still get to see people and have a good time and, and everything. And, and so eight months comes, you're stacking cash because you're working all the time. Well, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Well. Accounts looking good. <laughs> oh, I, I had a landscaping job in high school and it was just like, get up early, go to work, eat, shower, repeat. I don't know, for two months straight. And besides like weekends. Yeah. I was like, well, I have some money to show for it, but I'm dead tired. Like, yeah. And yeah. then you work at the casino and the only thing there is to do is go drink and gamble. And yeah. I don't want to gamble. I yeah. see people spend their money on that every day. I'm like, I am not gambling. So yeah, there's not a whole lot of, uh, to me anyway, there's not a whole lot to do there at that age. You don't have a, you know, an opportunity to, go camping or to drive somewhere and go float the river you just didn't have that yeah i'd sell would if i worked at a casino want to gamble on the people that came in and gambled i'd have some side game set up or something like i don't know if that probably frown upon such a such an activity <laughs> yeah. but i'd be like oh here comes lucy she's gonna you know her, there her. was a little bit of that yeah yeah a few bets going on on how long it took someone to yeah yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> Cause I was a, a daytime bartender for a little bit in here in Laramie and I get people, I usually get stuff ready for the night. I didn't have like a regular set of people to come in, but the ones that do, I'd be like, you got kicked out of the buckhorn again, didn't you? And they're like, Oh yeah. And I was like, it's like yeah. it's a bullshit story. And I'm like, it always is how you want your dollar PBR. Here you go. Like when I'd see those mm -hmm. people coming, I could, guarantee they just gotten kicked out of another bar and i was like don't make me kick you out of this bar and so they'll be like i didn't tell my other bartenders these people are in the day they're wasted at the end of the bar so be careful you know i did my job and uh but yeah that kind of stuff once you get familiar with like regulars and locals and stuff like yeah to make the job entertain yeah, sure. yeah. yeah. oh yeah oh yeah i worked in bars for a long long time as a dj mostly bouncer bartender here and there and uh, yeah uh and that's why i think i started driving uber in laramie because i was like i speak drunk oh yeah i know what they, they need and want and such and I know exactly where they live yeah or not <laughs> yeah i got them i got them and then so they'd always get shot oh you were just a dj at this other place now you're an uber driver i'm like hey i'm still entertaining you and getting you home safely you know yeah, so yeah. Yeah, it's uh, it's interesting. So, you leave there, you go, and then you go back to Gillette. Is this? Then I went to Sheridan. Sheridan. Oh, I love yeah. Sheridan. So I loved Sheridan. That was probably yeah. that. I wouldn't have left if it wasn't for uh, to you know actually be with my husband now. So yeah, uh, moved to Sheridan and uh, had a hard time finding a job there, but had a place lined out because I did know some people there, and my brother lived there as well. So. And he still lives there now, but uh, I ended up doing just some small jobs here and there, uh, like worked at Walmart. I worked uh, cleaning for this cash company on the side and stuff. Uh, and then eventually 
got into, I actually was a pharmacy technician. So I went and applied and got this job. My aunt is a pharmacy tech and knew that these people were hiring and she recommended, she says, Hey, go down there and talk to them. See if they, you know, will hire you. And uh, what you do is, is you get two years of just internal training okay. and then you have to take a test and qual- to qualify to get certified. Uh, so I just did internal training, you know, there for just over a year and uh, the testing only comes up so often. So to be able to test, I, I couldn't even do the full two years of training because it came kind of mid midterm there. Uh-huh. So I, I actually, and then that, so I went and tested for that and I actually uh, scored pretty well above average, which okay. is, Sweet. it's a very hard, it's actually a very hard job. It's a very, should be. Know, tedious yeah yeah Yeah. um and and really i I did that for three years um just over three years um that pharmacy sold their patients uh, or their customers uh charts to uh, another pharmacy that was opening so they were closing this pharmacy Uh and um i got offered a job to go to that with that pharmacy but i didn't like the way they were handling the transition i didn't like the way that they were like handling the customers or nothing in the way that I was trained in it. So I left that job. I just told them, no, I don't want that job. And I went to coal mine. So then oh. I worked uh, actually over the state line and I worked at the Spring Creek coal mine in Montana. Okay. So it's only about a 40 minute drive from Sheridan. So what, I, I know it's a big part of Wyoming coal is, but what were your, what were your daily duties? I mean, I didn't know what a runner was. So a coal miner, what do you, what'd you do there? <laughs> so I worked in the plant and uh, I was a, what they called a plant utility. So I was a washdown. Um, all the coal dust and stuff that accumulates within the building that they crush the coal and treat the coal and get okay. it on the train. Uh, it creates the dust that you want to keep down. So we would just go in all suited up so you had like a face shield with right, breather apparatus and everything and suits and everything. And you just took high power hose water that was all recycled water. It's actually an interesting whole system that we learned and helped maintain. And we would high pressure wash all the buildings from ceiling down. Um, and I mean, if we had a cold spill or a breakdown, I helped work with mechanics. I actually learned a lot. I ended up getting Montana mine uh, or mon- Montana mine foreman certified, uh, which just means that if I would have kept up on it, like I could have went and worked at other coal mines in Montana and had just kind of a a certified safety standard and different things. Um, I got to where I ran some equipment out in the plant, the way it runs to get, and then I was eventually helping actually load trains. So in the control room where they, hit the buttons and figure out the calculations to get the coal loaded onto the trains. Um, but otherwise it was just a whole lot of manual labor and I actually loved it. Like I just shoveling coal and fixing things. And I was there for um, just over five years. So, uh, wow. and really I could have, I, when I, you know, me and my husband got together uh, he lived over here in Gillette and he works for the railroad and they have seniority rules. Uh, so if he were to try to leave here to be with me in Sheridan, I would, um, he'd lose his seniority. 
So instead of transferring to a coal mine here, because I was kind of sick of the shift work and just the work in general, I was just over yeah. it. It's hard to leave the money and the days off like they have, but I decided, no, I'm not going to do that anymore. So I moved over here um, without transferring to the coal mine. So. so how'd you meet your husband? I've actually known him since I was five and he was nine. He was my brother's best friend uh-huh. when we were growing up. Um, me and my ex that I had mentioned earlier, I just finally kind of put an end to that was, uh, moved on. It was a long, long relationship, you know, drug out. And, uh, he, he was also divorced. And so, yeah, we just, uh, we're hanging out and it just, you know, things happen. So it was to come back together, I think. That's cool. Yeah. That's cool. And so. Move for his keep his so I keep his good pay and railroad job, good benefits. I know people that work on the rail, good stuff. Can't leave that. And no. uh, so you get to Gillette and you have all these skills from uh, working oh, casinos, coal mining, yeah, a whole <laughs> lot of skills, waitressing, all that. Uh, how would you put him to use doing in Gillette there? Oh, it's so it's kind of interesting because um, even while I was with coal mine, I also got my like contractor manager management uh, certification. So I did a lot of classes. Like they sent me to Texas and everything. I did a whole bunch of different certifications. You know, um, I was the head of safety in uh, the plant and stuff. So when I moved here, I was like, all right, I'm just going to go apply for this barista job because I can make coffee. I know that. And I, I went in it and the place was only like four blocks from my house that I moved into with, with my boyfriend at the time. Yeah. And so, uh, or with, you know, my husband anyway. So he, uh, or I, so I applied there for this barista job. And when I interviewed, they actually offered me the manager job <laughs> because they were like, the manager just got fired like two days before they interviewed me or something like that. But they just quit coming to work or something. So I was like, I've never actually managed anything like that. They they just offered it to me and I took it. Wow. And then I actually took that coffee shop um, was like number 62 out of 65 stores. So it was not gaining. It was really run horribly, whatever, you know. And the way I am where I just like, I always work. I just work and I do, and to me, anything worth doing is like worth doing well or your yeah. best. Cause I kind of got that at least for working from my parents yeah. anyway. I actually took that store to number one and it only took me about seven months. And I held that store at number one for two years. Nice. It faltered only from number one down to number five, right after I started giving up that position and I was overseeing it and helping, but I actually, you know, was just letting someone else manage it. Uh, um, yeah. So then, cause I was sick of the coffee thing. So it, the coffee shop was actually attached to Hastings. So then I went over and I was the music and video game manager. Oh. <laughs> it was so much funner. Yes. And, yeah. And the comic book. So I did. I, I managed all of what they called uh, lifestyle. So it was, um, yeah, the music and all of that. So I did that for about two years. Um, and then I 
uh, just told them, you know, I'm kind of done with this kind of work. I'm wanting to find something more serious for long term. I need retirement money. Like, obviously, I just was sick of doing all this stuff and start thinking future. Um, took me about six months um, figuring out, do I go? I really like medical field stuff. Um, I was going to apply for the city, but I didn't uh, try that hard for that. I was thinking school district there, you know, it's just all summer's off if I get something in the school district and like the office. And, uh, and then, then I ended up landing the job I have now, which is uh, work for orthopedic surgeons doing clerical work. And yeah, so uh, brought a lot of my skills in on that. So I'm actually like, now I'm, lead receptionist overall the front end staff yeah for eight for eight providers wow six of them searching so wow oh, that's busy yeah and i've been there for six years now so, so rewind, rewind you back how long did it take be, before when he was your boyfriend to getting married oh what? oh it was only a year a year that's cool that's cool that's I mean, cool but you guys knew each other know. for Long, longer than that. So, oh yeah, we yeah, thirty, yeah, thirty years. So, and so it wasn't hard yeah. to figure out. We got to get married. Did you get married in Gillette, or did you go do it in like the mountains somewhere? Or we actually got married in Deadwood. Deadwood, there you go. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. We rented out this old Martin Mason ballroom, nice. and when you know the both of us, we um, I've got step kids. So uh, his daughter was my maid of honor and his son uh, was his man. And, and we uh, just did a real simple, like everyone come and show up and bring your kids or not. And let's hang out in Deadwood, you know? Cool. Yeah. So well, another like, casino to hang out in. What? <laughs> right. Yeah. I don't know. I keep coming full circle, don't I? <laughs> yeah. But this time you're, you're a patron, not, uh, and then you, but you can yeah. give the people crap in there. You're like, you better not bet money on me. I'm going to lose it all. Like, <laughs> right. Yeah. I'm not one of them. No. So, because I like, I will talk shop with people in bars and stuff like that. And they're like, oh, you get the business. And I'm like, yep. So you're going to get a big fat tip and you're going to, uh, yeah, I'm going to bust my tables for you. Um, yep. Yeah. Yep, that's me. I'm, yep. I'm not scared to grab a ketchup bottle that's just barely sitting on the other side of the counter. It's all uh-huh. yeah, You don't have to. Yeah. Sell that kind of stuff. Oh, that that's really cool. I mean, a year and then getting married in Deadwood and the kids being the, the wedding party. That's yeah. pretty fun right there. And so then we can fast forward to, yeah, your current job where you're just, you're the brains of the operation, the front of the operation, not necessarily doing all the surgeries, but you're making sure people are where they're supposed to be. And yeah, it, you know, it takes every person for all this stuff to work. Yeah. You know, and, and that's what people don't remember, like every little cog and every single oh, yeah. always matters. And I know it's corny, but it, it is, that's true it's very true um with all these jobs any of these jobs yeah that's why i say my team it's like my team yeah. even though like nine of them are my you know employees but yet yeah. I'm, oh my team of guys because they're super smart i mean i couldn't get stuff done without them so no. he's like and then they're like i learned that from a boss i had she was a dean of the outreach school and when i was talking with some people at a conference and I go to introduce her. I go, this is Maggie. And she's like, I'm one of his colleagues. And I was like, she's the Dean of our school. She's big time. You know, I didn't say that, but I was just like, that's pretty cool that she 
didn't pull the whole humbling. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's humbling. So yeah, I was like, yeah. remember that. I go, like, because you can't get any of this done. I didn't get here by myself. So I I, you know, especially I and I've been one of the team players. I've been one of those people at the, you know, the bottom that made the bosses look good. And so um, and you may not have gotten credit then, you know, yeah. but you know, like eventually it gets you to where you are. And then, it, it, yeah. It, so yeah. It's, you know. And also I go, the more delegation I can spread out, then we all get in trouble, not just me. So that's yeah. why I like it to be this way. Everything so. rolls downhill and then it kind of plateaus. And oh yeah. Happens. With me, I'm like, since I employ students and a lot of them, it's their first time jobs. I'm like, I always say shit just flows to me like their issues and yeah. my boss's stuff. I, it just flows to me. I, I yeah, managed, me and everything. Yeah. And, that's fine, right? yeah. and I, but I've managed students even going all the way back to college. So I know the mindsets and stuff like that. Some of the newer generations are a little harder to learn, but um, I understand yeah. uh, what it takes. And I'm not out here to try to be like in the real world. This is how it happens. I'm like, I will mention that a few times. I was like, you need to show up on time because in the real world, they would just fire you, like right there, like so. That's what you would have heard come out of my mouth yeah. if I were that guy. Like, yeah, period. Like, <laughs> I, it, I, it I, now to get them to understand that. Yeah, so I do some stuff like that, but it's uh, um, I try to teach them lessons because it's the first a lot of them first jobs and stuff, but I'm like. All right. And also if I give them good skills, then their future jobs will come recruit from the University of Wyoming. We have a good, good little partnership going on. So I, I like that and everything. Um, so married Gillette, Wyoming, working at was it a doctor's office. No. Or ortho surgeon. Yeah. Ortho yeah. surgeon. Yes. Yeah, doctor, yeah. yep. Yeah, and you, you've been doing that for the last how many years? Six. Six. Going on six years. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Oh. Kind of. Yeah. And then, um, kind of the last thing now is um, so just by default. So by default, I'm a I'm a stepmom. You know, I'm a mom. Oh, yeah. And then now by default, I'm also a grandma, and. So I'm, I'm the youngest grandma in my family. Wow. <laughs> my siblings, kids, you know, I don't have any kids of my own. Yeah. And so I've got uh, two nephews and four nieces and none of them have kids. <laughs> so my brother and sister, I beat them at that. I can win. Yes. I win. And you're the youngest of them. That's great. That's funny. That's yes. Awesome. <laughs> yes. It's perfect. So I, it when I started seeing my classmates become grandparents, I was like, God, I have old classmates. Like I never thought like I'm that age. Like I was just like, wow. But yet yeah. I I my grandparents died, gosh, a while back. So it feels like I was like, I wish they would have been younger grandparents so they I could have grown up with them more. Um, but they seemed like they died earlier in my life not necessarily in their life but that's just the age difference and stuff so i'm always jealous of the people who are like oh my grandma's coming over and i'm like i wish my grandma could come over like it's been a long time but you actually get to do that for them but there's one thing like 
I don't know if you necessarily want to talk about it, but you beat something pretty awesome. So, yeah. yeah. So I, I beat cancer um, when I was 34. So four years ago, yeah. um, actually uh, the 13th of September. So last month would have been four years since I found out about it Yeah. and coming up on the 23rd. Let's see. Yeah. So, so I kind of have more of my anniversary date for that for when I actually was um, done with chemo. So oh, yeah. that comes up later into next year where I more recognize that. But yeah, it was, um, I, I had stage four colon cancer wow. and, um, yeah, found out about it, uh, thankfully the way that I did, um, my grandmother, my, my mom's real mom actually died from, uh, multiple different cancers by the time they, she had passed because it had spread so bad. But she was only 37 when she died. And so, and that was my grandma Beverly. And then my name is Beverly. Uh-huh. My mom's like, maybe I shouldn't have. Jinxed <laughs> you? Damn like, it. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so, um, but no, it was, uh, it was, I mean, obviously it was incredibly hard. Um, but it was, uh, it couldn't have happened uh, better than the way it did. Yeah. Um, being young, you, you know, you, you're more resilient. Your body's going to be stronger. Um, and uh, I went, I ended up, I got uh, surgeries that I had to have initially and through this whole, through the whole process uh, was at uh, UC Health in Colorado. And I got to say, like, shout out to them for sure, because they've got amazing teams there and they like, I, I couldn't have had a better experience and I couldn't have had better care. I don't think anywhere else. So yeah. that's good. Definitely, yeah. Definitely amazing, amazing doctors and surgeons there. Um, I did end up choosing to go ahead and do my chemo treatments here in Gillette. And we do have an amazing team here. All the, um, our new oncologist here is awesome. And, uh, and that was a plan even with the surgeons in Colorado. Uh, yeah. The feeling, my condition after surgery to be able to travel, I would have had to pretty much just stay in Colorado for the, yeah. almost the duration. Uh, there just wasn't a way to travel that far, you know. So, so yeah, so I chose to just do my treatments here. And so far, like, as soon as I was finished, I haven't had, you know, I'm fully in remission. Nice. Yeah. So. Did you like lose your hair and stuff? Did you shave over your head? And uh, no, I didn't have to oh. shave my head. I so my hair was about down to my belly button. It was oh, very man. long. Yeah, for my whole life, never had oh. short hair. And um, mine, the way they did my treatment, it was very aggressive, but they also spread it out a little bit. Okay. And because they knew, I mean, that was just was the plan. Because mine was stage four; it already was in my uh, lymph nodes. Mm. And um, they, because they had to remove about 15 inches worth of my uh, colon, so the okay. large intestine. And when they pull that out of there, there's a lot of lymph nodes attached. So, like out of 38 lymph nodes, I think there was four that had cancerous cells in them. So, you know, that doesn't really mean a whole lot. It just means that it travels. Yeah. Um, 
So with that information, they just were like, okay, we got to go aggressive because it's already moving. Who knows where it went? Um, so she even said, she says, well, you won't lose your hair it totally, but you know, it fell out like crazy. So I did have to cut it real short. So uh-huh. I had, you know, real short uh-huh. only cause it was just everywhere. I would like be walking through my house and there's just, you know, cause it wasn't coming out in huge clumps. Like unfortunately a lot of women have, or a lot of people in general just yeah. have. And that's when you have to just shave your head. Mine yeah. just was, I was just losing hair overall, um, probably just yeah, about five times more than normal. Um, mm. So I didn't lose it all. Um, it didn't get super fine enough to have to, to bother me enough to shave it. Um, like I still have, you know, even four years later, it's probably about, you know, baby oh. hair growth coming yeah. in, you know. But really, I, uh, I had so much hair because a lot of my friends would laugh about it and they were like, they'd see me and they're like, gosh, I was talking to you. They're like, you didn't lose that much hair. They're like, <laughs> like my, I, she, it, their hair's already thin. So they're like, I'd be bald by now. And I was like, well, yeah, I'm lucky I had a lot of hair. But uh, I did have um, most of my issues that it came from. I, I, I was really lucky. I didn't get a lot of, uh, not a whole lot of nausea, not a whole lot of uh, any of that. But I had experience extreme painful cold sensitivity um i couldn't even touch like the tv remote oh wow a a piece of plastic that has room temperature to it to me felt frozen it was it was insane and even drinking i had like even go through for about seven months i could only drink above room temperature the warmed water and i remember i literally remember like the first time that i was able to actually chug ice water uh, that that, was great. it was like this amazing yeah. just thing because i mean i try it and, and then What's, oh go ahead oh i was gonna say is that a is that a definitely a symptom or byproduct of the yeah. chemo is cold sensitivity. I never heard one of them. Yeah. So there's different kinds of chemo, of course. Okay. So, um, I, I had, I had three or, well, I had four different kinds of chemo I had to do. Um, so every other week I would go and say, and they had this, it's five, a few. So if you ever look at any of those, that's one of the worst ones. That's okay. the one that ended up giving me, uh, permanent probably for life neuropathy so like I can't feel my feet uh, I have the sharp neuro pain in my feet all the way up through about half my calf so I do physical therapy and it does help and someday I could consider surgery but I don't want to yeah and one of the other medications did do a whole lot of other things like more neuropathy numbing that did go away I got all my sensation for the most part back in my hands um, neuropathy like settles in any extremity or in like say the lower half of your body so like yeah. my lowest torso would go completely numb for a period of time but the cold sensitivity came from one of those meds and I would so I would go in and I'd have to sit for six hours and I would get uh, three different kinds of chemo within that six hours I would go home and they would keep me connected to a chemo pump that I would have to carry inside of a bag 
I named him Jeffrey. (laughs) And (laughs) I'll tell you why, though. After, but anyway, so, and then I had to keep that on for three days. So that would pump, there was a small bag of very, very um, potent chemo that it would slow pump for three days. Uh, then I would take, I'd have to go back, they'd unhook me, I'd do, they'd flush kind of me with fluids, so I'd do fluids. I'd go back in the net, I'd be so dehydrated, that's one thing, like, you just, you cannot get enough water. You think you chug water and you don't feel like you can even chug anymore, but you were just so dehydrated. And so I go back in the next day and get fluids again. And usually I did okay with just going in twice and I would do a full bag of fluids every time. Um, Unfortunately, this was all through the winter and it was one of the bad winters we had. So being cold, I looked like the stinking kid off of Christmas story out of my house. I could barely see, you know, and someone would always have to drive me because it's very, chemo is very hard, not just on your body, but your mind. I, so I wouldn't even let myself drive ever oh, yeah. it because it was very, I don't think anyone, I think they should take your life away from doing it because it's very extreme. Yeah. 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 Um, so then I, so, so really then I'd get a week off, which was, kind of a blessing because like that week off of it I felt somewhat normal to come back I felt okay I felt um I could go do some normal things like I would go to like like you know my husband would go out and do something I would go out and we'd sit at the bar and I just drink I'd bring in my own hot water or something and sometimes I put like half a shot of whiskey in a hot water and lemon you know and they'd that's what cured you. Yeah. The whiskey cured you. No. That's right. That's, That's right. what put I you mean, over the top. I act like I'm, you know, not another a human anymore. I can't, you right. know, just hide from everything. So, uh, and we go watch like uh, the, not or whatever you call those, but the, or what the heck are those called? This, like at the piano bar where they, um, I don't know. Anyway, so. Uh-huh. Yeah, so we'd at least get out and go do stuff normal for a little bit. And I'd actually, uh, luckily my job, so I was working for the ortho place and I, I kept my job. Um, my coworkers, a bunch of my coworkers actually donated a lot of their PTO. So I had a little bit of money that would come in. Um, so I was really lucky for all of that. And uh, yeah, so it was tough. It was a long, long process in the long run. I ended up having three very, very extreme major surgeries from it over time. And uh, finally now kind of back to somewhat normalcy. I mean, it still takes the effect. Takes, you know, it's it's a heavy weight, but. Well, you're not that far removed. So definitely. Yeah. Yeah. And and I know you have a nice little scar that kind of reminds you of it all the time. Yeah. Oh and yeah, so Jeffrey. Jeffrey, <laughs> let's get to that story. <laughs> Have you ever seen um, Bill Cosby's? Back in like the seventies, I think he had a comedy stand-up yeah. show, and he's talking about a mother on the plane, and she brings her son on there, and he's talking about I'm only four years old, and he goes, <laughs> "Yeah, 
Okay, so, and the kid, yeah. and the mom, and he's like, the mom's just yelling at the kid, Jeffrey, don't, Jeffrey, put that down, Jeffrey. Stop. Okay, okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so me and my mom, one night, uh, before, the, before the pump even came, we rewatched that because it popped up on some streaming thing. And my mom was great. She came in. She, my husband had to keep working. He could only be there, you know, so much. And, we, and I couldn't be left alone. So she just came and lived in my house for a while and stayed with me and took care of me. So we're watching this thing and we got to laughing so hard. I still had staples in and I thought I was going to like bust a staple. I was, it was kind of the first real good, hard laugh that I had. And it's just because I had watched that thing when we, when I was a kid with my mom. So it was just this whole moment. Well, then I go and they tell me about the treatment, the chemo treatment. And that was a long road to even get to start chemo, you know? So I had just been through so much and, and they said, well, some people name, you know, their pump and they just made this comment cause they made it real fun, kind of fun in a way. They were yeah. trying to be lighthearted. Yeah. So they said, bring a bag with you. You got to put this pump inside of a bag that you carry with you. And of course your clothes have to be, your, it's hooked up to a tube to your chest. You have, you can't, Take your clothes off and let you run it through the you know and the box you know the box is probably I don't even know the size of a like a PS4 okay. little or not PS4 uh, the little PSP no like gotcha. yeah like a handheld yeah so like yeah. about that size so I just have a purse that I threw them in and I was like it's got to be a man it needs to be a man's name. So me and my mom are sitting there and it was my first six hour treatment of chemo. And we're trying to figure out what to name this thing. And it just clicked. And I was like, Oh my gosh, it's Jeffrey. I was like, it's the most annoying thing you can think of. Like yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's right there, you know, and it makes a noise too. Cause you can hear it pumping. Oh. And so it just was I, incredibly hilarious to me. I'm sure other people are like, I never seen that before. Well, no, yeah. I, once you went into the thing about Jeffrey, like you did the Bill Cosby voice a little bit about it, I was like, clicked in my head. I've definitely seen that. Just stand up yeah. on that one. So it made a lot of sense to me. Yes, people will get it. Uh, of our generation will understand if they watch, I think it's Bill Cosby himself or something like that. But yeah. It is. So that was Jeffrey forever. Wow. Cool. Well, I got one more question for you. Okay. All right. I asked this of everyone since the show's called All My Friends with Justin Flaskrew. How'd we meet? Uh, we met through my best friend, Bonnie, who is also a very good friend of yours. Yes. Yeah. And let's see. I know I got to remember exactly because it wasn't at the wedding. It was before that. It was. It was why the float. Oh, the float. Yeah, the float. float. Okay, yeah. so I heard about you. I'd already heard about you. Yeah. Didn't know you had any shows like this. Yeah. Um, because your Miss Tia is yeah. Bonnie's best friend. And so when we did go take the Sand Creek float, it had a blast there. Yeah. yeah. I, then I you do it at the wedding. But yes. Yeah. Um, bocce ball in the dark was about the first time like we got talking with you guys i remember that and then yeah. what on the float i gotta tell this story because it's just purely amazing 
we're standing on each other on the water, but you step into the mud and lose your sandals. Yeah. All right. And it's, it's shallow enough. I mean, it's still probably up to our waist. Shallow enough. You reach down to get your sandal and you pull up, not your sandal, somebody else's sandal. Yeah. Like, not even your sandal. Well, yeah. I, I was like, my first, my, in my head was like, what else is down there? Like, let's see what I can And then luckily you found yours and that was a good thing. I but found I was, my sandals, but I found, yeah. And it yeah. wasn't, it was like a brand new sandal. Yeah. Somebody, I, I probably should have kept it to the end of the float. I mean, I chucked it onto the shore. Yeah. It freaked me out because I was like, I was almost scared to reach back down into the mud to find my shoe because I was afraid, like, what else am I going to find? In yeah, no doubt. <laughs> yeah. It was the best time ever. Yes. Next year. Oh, yeah. I, again. I, I tell Hank all the time. I was like, it's on our calendar. We're coming back. Just consider yep. it then. Yeah, we're, we're yep. one of those people. Me in. Yeah, we're in for sure. Well, thank you for being on the show and giving me your time. I learned so much about you. I mean, you're probably my first friend on the show that I met in 2021 and got you on the show. Well, that's exciting. I'm happy to be it. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for having me. I want to thank Bevy for being on the show and I'm just amazed how she beat stage four colon cancer. I mean, it was an amazing story. Uh, She laid out a lot of stuff I did not know about in the process of treating cancer or even treating colon cancer. So I feel uh, very informed about this interview. Plus, I learned a lot about her life and look forward to the next time uh, her and her husband make it down to Laramie or we make it up to uh, Wright, Wyoming or to Beulah and uh, hang out again. Hopefully they'll make it down here for a football game uh, before the season's out. All right. Oh, yeah. And you'll never think of the name Jeffrey the same way again. Okay. On to the next episode. All my friends. All my friends. All my friends with Justin Plaskerud. All my friends, all my friends, all my friends with Justin Flaskerud.